it's different for, for you and I. I'm an African-American woman. You get to walk around and be mediocre and you still get rewarded with things. We have to be... We have to be exceptional to get anything in this business. Yes, sir. We are taking it there this week. Welcome to another episode of Periodsis, brought to you by the official box owner. I'm your host, Mandy B., and we are having that conversation. Again, throughout being a host um, on one of the most popular podcasts, Horrible Decisions, I have really grown an, an appreciation for women walking in their truth, but also the, the journey in which they've gone through to get there. And through identifying publicly and having the conversations around colorism and what it means to be a black woman, um, I thought it would only make sense to have this conversation with, with one of the women in this space that I hold near and dear to my heart, but that I also respect. Um, and I've, you know, talked about it on, on various occasions regarding the privilege that I have coming from a biracial background in which my mother is white and my father is Jamaican. Um, but more than anything, I think society has made it hard for the black woman, specifically one full of melanin with all the curls and coils that comes along with their hair and finding to truly love themselves. So on this week, I'm joined by a good friend, Latasha. We'll break into how you may know her if you've seen her. She has been a guest on Horrible Decisions before, but she's just so fucking dope. And so this week, we're going to dive into how she grew to love herself, all of her features, and how she's kind of navigated the pressures that society has given her to hate herself. So again, y'all, it's another tale of womanhood by women for women. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode, of course, of Period Sis. And I'm super excited to have this conversation with my good friend, Latasha. She is a screenwriter and media personality. You guys may have seen her a little bit of everywhere. So hi, Latasha. Say hi to the people. What's up, people? <laughs> I specifically chose Latasha to have this conversation. And of course, it's the conversation where I can really just shut my goddamn mouth because I, I can't sit here and say I have the experience that you do. And in the climate, me identifying as a black woman, I understand the privilege that I have in being of lighter skin. And so I just kind of wanted to have that conversation from a strong black woman as yourself and how you've navigated through the systemic hate from birth in your skin and how people view you in society. So, Latasha, can you start all the way back from childhood in kind of any battles that you dealt with with loving yourself as a Black woman? Yeah, and I actually want to start off by kind of distancing myself from the phrase strong Black woman. Okay. That has personally caused me a lot of opportunities to go unprotected and, and go unvouched for. So, and, and people don't believe my sensitivity. They don't believe my vulnerability because dark skin on a, a woman is not offered femininity 
which opens the door for protection and delicacy and all that. But yeah, let's go back to the kids. Let's just say no. Well, I, I, I like that you started it that way, <laughs> bitch. Read me, excuse me. And it's crazy though because we we don't even think like these things are are actually made to uplift us, especially in in a, the certain you know state that we are in now. And so to know that that has actually been non-productive for you I, I'm glad read me bitch okay so back to childhood let's <laughs> back go to childhood. uh I, I think I'm, I'm still an avid lover of tv I always have been always will be and as a child uh we have this phrase now representation matters I remember having this moment like looking at commercials and being like hmm like there's a lot of white people I wish I looked like that white girl like I wish I had her straight hair and I wish I had her blonde hair and my father had to come and like speak to me and be like, well, this is why black people aren't really on TV. And I guess um, throughout grade school, we started to get an influx of blackness on TV. You had Living Single, you had Martin, you had Family Matters. And I, I started to feel a little more... Um, a little more normal, a little more normal. I aspire to be a Laura now instead of that little white girl having a Debbie cupcake on the commercial. <laughs> right. Um, but that it's it's always a double-edged sword for um, blackness on little girls and women because you can have for Martin. You know, a lot of people uh, critique that like Gina gets the love, but when Pam walks in the door you joke on her, you get aggressive, you tease her nappy hair, you, and it becomes this thing. And I realized going throughout the teen years that I, walking into a room, the men, black men will, will do the homie thing. You're ugly, mm. you're this, you're that, look at you, blackie. And like getting this like, hey, hey like I wanna be cool with you, <laughs> like I wanna hang out. And it goes right into this Pam vibe versus the girls that they're dating, the black girls that they're dating who uh, may look different than me or who are non-black and they give them uh, femininity. They give them that that love and that softness and that protection. But with me, it was like, because you're homie and you, and you look like that, I got the, I got the Pam treatment. It's um, crazy. I don't know if you even remember. We had this, this exact conversation, um, what, Valentine's Day when we had dinner before going to that party. And... Or it could have been when we were in Lower East Side just getting drinks at the bar. And we had that conversation. You were like, I ain't dating. But these guys, when even when I go out, they, you know, it's not like they look at me as someone to even pursue. They automatically yeah. want me to tell a joke or, you know, want to yeah. joke with me instead of actually pursuing me. And you're beautiful. Thick as hell. I, you know I, what I mean? You know what I mean? And so, but so I want to ask you because you are also, you are funny. So do you feel like you've had to hide behind those jokes because of this representation on TV with the Pam's joking back as a way to even have conversation with men? Lessening, having to lessen myself for the, for the comfort of men. Um, I will say the men that I encounter, like whatever stratosphere this is, um, I'm more than likely going to be funnier and smarter than you. And that doesn't make a man feel masculine because masculinity is attached to control and power. And they were told they were supposed to be smarter and they're, they're the logical gender and that they're the leaders. And when you have a woman who arrives and edges you out of a skill set or, or an intellect or a, a worldview, 
that, that doesn't feel too good. Um, I don't recall being lesser to appease someone that I'm dating, but um, I often do meet a lot of rejection uh, once my personality starts to uh, outshine. Now, <laughs> so, now yeah. outside from the television shows, was there any reinforcements in your household with your mother, your aunts, the the black men that you grew up with? Were there conversations to where they told you don't put that hot comb to your hair because you should embrace the the texture of your hair? Was there conversation regarding makeup or being or, or loving the skin that you're in? Growing up, I didn't have a real good support for my mom. She was really colorstruck. We're the same color. And my mom did not love her color. So growing up, I didn't know how to love myself. I used to be the girl that I have to buy weed because if I don't, nobody's gonna like me. And now I cut off all my hair. Nobody could tell me anything at that point. I was a beautiful black woman with short hair and you can't tell me anything about myself. Period. <laughs> Yes, so my mother is a light-skinned black woman. Oh, um, wow. Her hair texture okay. is loose curl. She has like these, you know, these these features. And me and my sister, you know, we have kinkier hair. Um, we're dark skin. Uh, my dad definitely stole the spotlight on us. He really, you know. <laughs> you know so, what they um, say? They say they say your your mama must have hated the daddy while she was pregnant because normally that's how you come out looking just like him. <laughs> He was a made of girl. I, I don't resist that. I, I don't think that is untrue. <laughs> I think that's right aligned with, with what happened. So, um, there was this time, I think I was 13 or 14 years old, walking through uh, the mall, shout out to Queens, and I saw uh, the model Alec Weck on a huge campaign on a runway, and I looked at her skin in such disgust. And I was just like, how could they hire her? What is she doing in fashion? Oh, she's so dark. I would never want to be that dark. And telling this to my light-skinned mother, who just looked at me with such disapproval. Like, she just couldn't believe I would say those things. And she stopped me right there in that moment. Was like, I don't ever, ever want to hear you say something like that again. I want you to look at her skin. She is stunning. She is beautiful. And she made me sit there in that moment and rework that mindset. And that wasn't even the only time that I was, you know, being anti-Black and colorist and hating on my own, my own women. Um, we have a summertime barbecue, front yard, cement, no shade. And I was like, I don't want to be outside. Like, I'm, I'm going to get too dark. And my, and my oh, mother wow. was like, actually, I'm going to pull you right here in the sun and you're going to sit there until you get dark. <laughs> <laughs> because not on this land, not on this time, not on my watch. You will never, ever, ever hate being dark skinned. And like hearing that being reinforced by someone that looks like my mother is, I, I had to be taught that. I had to be taught that. And I think she knew it was, it was definitely important for me to know that because I didn't look like her. Um, and, and, you know, one of your first examples of beauty is your mom if you're looking at her getting ready for work right. or going out or whatever well now so, my mama you know my mama white and i'm black so eh, well, not really i used to just be that? like damn mama why ain't get them green eyes i would be fine with them green eyes yeah, right yeah so right so you have that moment like even even if you're looking at the color of her eye it's not something like her getting ready but like you see her body and her face and her features and you start to um just kind of apply that to yourself like okay well maybe that's beautiful and, but i don't look like that so then what does that mean so she made sure to give me definitions for my own to use. I love that. Um, yeah, because she couldn't be an example. 
So you let, let, let's go from maybe now high school, middle school, high school, you're starting to date. Um, at, at that age, I know you're also just starting to look at more of your appearance, how you dress, what other girls look like. Was there anything in high school to where you, you know, became either more in touch with who you are or despised more of who you are in, in those, you know, adolescence years? Definitely despised. Ooh, why <laughs> is, why to, is that? Um, just for me, the return boxes, they got me good them years, girl. Ma'am, I, <laughs> I stepped out in my little beanie caps. You remember beanie? Well, you was down in Florida, so maybe, maybe I don't know. You know what I mean? Caps, we ain't really had beanies down in the heat. Bitch. It's hot. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> we, had, we had these little beanie caps, but you had to have your fresh doobie wrap under the beanie cap. Like, you know, it had to be laid, bumped ends. But the perm was so bad for my hair. Um, my hair was thin, always had split ends. The new growth was always a thing. Uh, and 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 thinking that my my hair being in worse condition and and being of lesser presentation was beauty, just because it was not kinky hair, and like not putting those two together. Um, I think I think a lot of teenagers, you know, it's between their body um, changing, the sh you know, expecting to. I couldn't imagine being a team of social media. I think I well, no, and that's why crazy. that's why I even asked that because I know that those are normally like the toughest years and oh, who you, God. who you think you want to be, who you yeah. are. Now you're also getting into society to where you're not just going to school because now maybe you have a job. Now maybe you're driving, you're, you're literally being able to see more of life. Um, and so, so in high school, it was your hair. Now, did you feel the pressure to perm your hair? Did you like the texture of your hair? Um, what made you feel like you had to change your hair? I mean, I know we, we, you know, back to, to TV and music videos and what we saw. Um, but what, what made you feel pressured to even perm your hair and not wear it as a fro or wear it in big locks or yeah. Like, can you talk to that? Blackness was not cold in, in the year of 2000. Like, and, and this is why I get frustrated with people like doing like the woke Olympics and shaming people for, for coming to love their blackness. Like we said woke for a reason because we was asleep the whole time. We slept on ourselves, our beauty, our power, the blackness and being like black, black was not the wave <laughs> back then. Um, so it, it, I wouldn't dream of going to high school with kinky hair. Like it just wasn't an option. My hair had to get perms. It had to be done. It had to be. And I was so attached to the perm and straight hair that I also adopted this completely made up, unsolidified truth that my hair was too difficult to take care of and I couldn't do it. Oh, wow. Like, it was just like, as soon as the new girl came in, I was like, see, this is why my hair can't be like this. And I ran to get a perm, getting it done way too early, burning all my scalp. Just because, like, I'm, I'm, I'm attached to, like, my hair needs to be straight, like, in order for me to function and be pretty. And, like, both of those were so vehemently untrue, but I wouldn't have been caught dead with natural hair. And so this was high school. So do you remember the, the point where you learned to love and embrace your hair? And did it actually have anything to do with social media and now just seeing more representation and people, you know, kind of getting into their own hair like at what point did you really start to like your hair 
So I. Dang, still a pause, Latasha. Yeah, because um, because I I'm trying to put to, put together the time frame. So in 2010, I just cut it all off. I had a Caesar walking around bald, and I'm okay. not attaching that to me loving my hair or meaning something about my hair. It was more so my confidence and my boldness, just as a woman, because in 2010, we I still wasn't speaking about blackness or even understood the weight of blackness. Like it just wasn't in my stratosphere at all. I was just trying to work and get money and be pretty and launch a brand. And so I was just like, the most bold thing I can do and the way I want to look right now is to be bold. But the question is, when did I start the natural hair, which is I'm thinking is later. And I'm trying to pinpoint where that was. I think it was the Trayvon Martin era. Where that it was, was just but, but that was that seems so recent. It's ve- it, exactly Holy very, shit. very, 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 very recent. Where it was just like there's something happening in race and in conversation and in the country, and I need to be not only a part of the conversation but be a representative of what it means to love blackness. Like I didn't realize at that time that blackness was going so. It was it was just such uh, unbridled hatred because I'm living in my little nice New York City bubble, making the money, doing my shows, making some content, being and just not even realizing that there's is an, un, an undercurrent of hatred in this country that is going to affect me and my family and the people that I love. So do I stay in this little bubble or do I wake up and and start to be a part of something? Right. I also um, for for I guess just context how old are you i'm 35 i'll be 35 in september so you were what 29 30 i mean you know i I, i'm just guessing around here now i'm guesstimating but 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 basically i mean just just for context (laughs) yeah it it you're basically saying it took as a black woman damn near 30 years to appreciate your hair <laughs> and that's just one yeah. element of yourself mm-hmm. of course as a black woman you also have your your curves which I know that's something that I you know kind of went up and down and battled with forever but you have your curves you have your features you have your hair you have and of course your skin and and walking into the room and not being able to 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 shy away from that I guess Outside of your skin, outside of your hair, were there other elements of yourself as a black woman? And I'm not going to put strong in front of there, but <laughs> as, as a black woman, was there, were there any other things about yourself that you had to learn to value? Because, I, again, and I just say that because I feel like all elements of a black woman are devalued in society. Mm-hmm. So what, were there any other pieces of yourself that you had to learn to appreciate? Yeah. And I mean, for me, that is an ongoing journey. I'm not this 100% put together, learned my lessons. I totally love myself. There's still so many problems that I I do have with my body. Um, Just because it's, it's constantly being put up against uh, uh, this value, this projected value of what women should look like, what they should be shaped like. We have Instagram now, we have all these images of what men and women are parading as like these great bodies. And I know for a fact, my body don't look like that. 
So well, girl, them, them bodies ain't even born that way. So I think that that's <laughs> right. a whole other conversation to where right. now literally the standard of beauty does not come out of another woman's vagina that you just grow into this beauty. You literally mm-hmm. are doctoring yourselves to look right. as the way that they're perceiving beauty to be. So that's kind of a, a super double-edged sword, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and we know that these a lot of these bodies are being sculpted and shaped to this idea of perfection, but the fact that there's, there's something to aim for, you know what I mean? That's what's making women go, go spend their money on these curves and hips and, and all these things which they're totally entitled to do. Um, but me looking at those images or seeing those images and seeing the praise behind those images is like, I know I don't, I'm not up for going to go get any surgeries on my body. So then what do I do with the beauty that I'm going to be walking around with? Um, and I'm not so much battling um, like what I look like. I think what my body issues are now is how my body is affecting other people because me bringing my body into spaces and I'm finding this with a lot of like non, non-black women or, or uh, not, and non-white women, uh, women of color. Um, they, there's so much emotional and mental violence in the way they interact with me because of the space that I take up. And this goes back to uh, the strong black woman. This goes back to um, dark skin, not being afforded the protection or the value of femininity. This goes back to just, um, I I see a, 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 I call myself hefty, a hefty dark skin woman in the space. And it's like aggression is, is in the room, right? Or this lack of care or this lack of empathy, because I'm just not afforded that. So I find myself having to fight and, and to be aggressive and to um, create this resistance because I have to protect myself. And that's a double-edged sword because now I'm proving it to them that I'm, I'm aggressive. I'm proving that I'm, I'm like this, this masculine, large-scale woman intimidating the room. And it's just like, no, had you shown me respect and, and empathy and sensitivity and, and adhered to the person in the room, I wouldn't have to meet your resistance with more resistance. Right. So, and so those are the lines that I have to walk. And so... Even just playing um, the clip from Amoroso, which even stemmed me wanting to have this conversation with you, we, we now bring it into adulthood. And like you said, this is still something you're navigating. But in the very beginning of our conversation, you talked about how that strong black woman term has been, you know, more harmful to you than uplifting and even in the workspace and how you said you kind of just have to go on above and beyond. And Amarosa said, how has being a black woman in your mid thirties now in a space where you do have to coexist with white men, white women, people who, you know, look at you differently. How do you feel like now you have to go about living and working and proving your worth in, in these various workspaces? Yeah. Um, Black women are not wanted in the room. Like we're we're just not picked or, or have you felt that? Do, do you have an a, an example of of that happening that you could share? Absolutely. Like where you where it was Absolutely. where it just okay. I know exactly what's going <laughs> on. <here. laughs> yes, yes. So uh, back in the day, I really was going after hosting positions. I wanted to be an on camera personality, hosting shows and countdowns or whatever have you. So I got we all we into... all wanted to be free, sis. We all wanted <laughs> we to all take free job. Then they gave it to Roxy, and we were still coming after Roxy. Well, man. well, 
Then they gave it to Miss Bow Wow. It should have been her show the entire time, but now Miss Bow Wow, go away. <laughs> All right, let's go. Miss <laughs> 106 in Park, let her have it. Um, <laughs> so I walked into this uh, TV network casting. Uh, I forget how their opportunity, I think they contacted me or I applied, whatever. But my appointment was for 10.30. I arrived at 10.15, just because I'm a Virgo and I'm responsible and I really wanted that position. I came dressed to the nines, prepared and ready. This white girl walked in front of me. She's late for her appointment, so it's pushing me back. Um, she has sloppy hair. She's wearing boots that are undone. She's kind of having this sluggish pace and she just kind of enters the room before me. And, and, and this white casting agent was just ecstatic it's okay that you're late are you okay are you are you good are you she's like well yeah but like you have like a bathroom key and she's like absolutely and then when you're done come on back or whatever um and I'm like I got this because this girl is a mess right right she sees me after and her face and her energy and I mean it's like night and day literally changes and she looks me up and down and she's like let me guess you're a model and I've never been asked that in like a negative way (laughs) it was just weird um, and I was like, yeah, I've done some modeling, but I'm, I also do like a lot of uh, speaking engagements and X, Y, and Z. And she was like, uh-huh, yeah, I, I, I can tell. Um, so maybe you just want to have a seat over here. I have to like, she has to do her audition first. And I'm like, okay. The girl goes in, they're laughing, they're kikiing, her audition's over. I go in and I'm, I'm reading this teleprompter. I'm giving personality. I'm cracking jokes. And this woman's stank face watching me the entire time. And like these little nitpicky critiques and and it was just a no as soon as I walked in the door but I still put my best foot forward and that's the battle there was no way I could have looked like that girl acted like that girl been been as late as that girl and been given a chance I had to show up in all of that to be rejected so when when I'm going after these opportunities um, and this is what I was saying uh, on my YouTube video as well. Speaking of Amorosa and the, and the horror of perfectionism that uh, Black women are expected to arise to, you have an Issa Rae who shows she had to bring HBO this massive success first. And she had to do it twice with yeah. a celebrity backing to get into the room versus Alina Dunham, who was just like, man, I kind of want to be on TV, I think. And they were like, sure. Like no pitch, no deck, no story, no, and and they both got series on HBO, and to think of that dichotomy, the what the way you have to arrive excelling, to still be before they up. even pay attention to you, yeah, to be in the and same then, and and before we get out of here because because of again the climate right now, mm-hmm. I I know of course I worked at a big four. Um, firm and there was a whole DNI like initiative and a part of me wondered if I actually got the job simply because they had to hire a certain number mm-hmm. of diversity hires mm-hmm. and so on the on the flip side that's kind of where I wonder if it is my my achievements and my my cum laude motherfucking GPA and me busting my ass to go overseas. Um, and, and just to have like, you know, the study abroad on my resume. Like, of course I too thought that my resume had to be pristine, but in my first year of working at this large firm, there was so much focus on diversity and inclusiveness. And so a, a part of me wondered if I did only 
only get the job because they had to reach a certain quota in, you know, black hires. I guess, do what are your thoughts on that now? Like, of course, I, we still have to go against not only the white woman, the white man, the black man, the Latino, like black women have are at the bottom of the totem pole in the workforce and we're excelling more than ever. But what are your thoughts now on that being kind of, you know, a thing in the workspace now, the, the DNI portion? Of um, it? I think this is exactly why black women are also the leading group in entrepreneurship. Say like, it. If you're, if you're not going to hire me, how about I just create your company over here? <laughs> like, and and I I think of the years of rejection, and I mean we're in the entertainment space; it's going to happen anyway. But I right. think of the years of projection of just the hurdles that I even have to go through to try to get into the door. I'm much more aligned with building my own platforms and universe. Like I just I don't see me, and there's times that I still try. Like if an opportunity's there, I'm still going to go for it. But I'm much more aligned with look. I'm just going to have to build my own door. What do I want to be? I can totally create it myself and I don't need to be fighting this uphill battle all the time. How so about I give myself the yes? Right. Something I like to do before I, I, I leave my guests is uh, again, this is still a work in progress for you, but I'm sure so many women are going to listen to this episode and feel every word you said. So I like to let my guests leave off with a, a bit of advice or or some uh, or some sort of you know tip to take with them. And so, do you have any advice for someone struggling in in loving themselves both inside and out, um, and finding appreciation and value in their color and their features and who they are? Absolutely. Um, I live by my phrase um, that you're the answer you've been looking for the entire time. I think Ooh. it's an exhausting cycle to kind of always be looking for that validation, that love externally. It'll never be outside of you. And we know that it's much easier said than done. So give yourself grace, give yourself patience, give yourself forgiveness for some days having it and some days you don't have it. That's totally normal. That's okay. Um, but fill your own cup up because once you get out into that world, the rest has got to overflow. I know. I, I feel like, hold on. Can you hear that? It's me snapping my fingers. <laughs> it's me snapping my fingers. A oh, word, a oh, word. Well, Latasha, this, I, I appreciate this conversation. Guys, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation too. Um, and Latasha, let, let my audience know where they can find you and where they can keep up with the projects that you are working on because you have some really dope stuff. I know COVID has kind of set some timeframes back for you as well, but go ahead and let everyone know what you have working on. Girl, we still going to get to work in 2025. Listen, I'm... Over. <laughs> Not 2025. <laughs> We're going to be in the house for quite some time. Get comfortable. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Just Latasha. I am also on Instagram at Just Latasha and on Twitter, Just Latasha 404. Mandy was kind enough and brilliant enough to join our sketch comedy series, Just Latasha's Interactions. You can follow the show page at INNR Actions on both Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, y'all and... gonna see me act one day. She, she <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna be in the camera <laughs> with Latasha getting get my acting on, y'all. <laughs> it's, it, it's a brilliant show. It's a funny show and it says something. So I cannot wait to go into production as well. And I'm super excited to have you, my friend, on set with me. So we'll see it. We'll see the day. 
Latasha, thank you so much for joining me yeah. on Period Sis. And guys, stay tuned for some stats. Y'all know how we like to do. Bye, Latasha. Bye. I hope you listened to Latasha speak and you now look in the mirror and view yourself differently. Because let's be frank, the black woman's experience in America provides arguably the most overwhelming evidence of the persistent and ongoing drag from gender and race discrimination. Um, we talked about a little bit of how she felt she was treated differently in the workplace, but also when you turn on your TV, you see the representation of black women shift from the color of their skin to, to the way their hair looks. I mean, most recently there's been laws put into place to eliminate the discrimination amongst black Americans specifically because of their hair. Um, most recently, I read an article about how black women are more likely to receive a job if they show up with it flattened and pressed over if they arrive at an interview with natural hair. Again, there's just so many disparaging evidence that although we as black women are now the number one entrepreneurs in America, we face literally the most criticism and have the toughest journey to reaching a level of success that we deem. Um, again, I'm recognizing my privilege in being a lighter shade. This episode was definitely to give that platform to Latasha and to many more women who look like her to know that you can still find success and you can still find happiness and you can praise your own features and be happy in the skin that you live in. Um, again, this is a conversation I do want to bring over to Patreon. It is called The Overflow. That is what we're naming the conversations that we take over to Patreon. So if you want to join into that community, into that safe space for women to open up about what they're going through and how they related to every, you know, the different week topics and episodes, go ahead, join us on over on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash official box owner. You guys can also search official box owner in the app. We come up for just as little as $5 a month you can join into the weekly conversations and also listen back to the episodes so you will get bonus episodes weekly and then if you want to super support what's going on because again official box owner is also a subscription box that will be coming and released quarterly if you want to help and support me with this financial aspect of creating my very own brand um again you can join in on the top tier that is $25 a month. And for that, you will be receiving a little bit of tangible goods, some merch every other month. But also, you'll be able to join me in producing and reaching out and getting guests to have these conversations on Period Sis. I'm your host, Mandy B. Thank you again. Be sure to look at the description of this episode to find out where you can follow us. Of course, that's official box owner on Instagram. But also, if you want to reach out to just Latasha and thank her for sharing her story and being brave, you can do that as well. Thank you for joining me for another tale of womanhood. It's period, sis. Thank you. I'm your girl, Mandy B. And signing out until next week. Bye. Bye. The way we think about color... The closer you are to whiteness and lightness, good. The closer you are to darkness and black, dirty, bad. And we have to fight against that. We are black people. We are people. 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 people.